0: Oh, blind of intellect, just look, because Satguru has given you eyes. On each step you are stumbling. For what are these eyes kept? Many are dead because of the eyes. Many are liberated through the eyes. Poison and nectar are in these eyes. Who has written these statements? One eye is worth a small shell. One eye is compared with a pearl. One eye has thousands of enemies, one eye has millions of friends. Your eye is not satisfied with Maya, and it is not attached to the way of Satguru. Forgetting the original place, they have gone to other places and are involved in that. These eyes have fallen into other accounts. Daily they are reading the books. They never looked at the Beloved, the One who has given you the eyes. You have lost the way, and your goal is very far. Full of pride, your eyes have become without light. When you're walking, you fall down. The only hope is Satguru. The servant of servants is the lover who burns himself like the moths. How can I imitate the moths? At every place, friends are dying. Oh, blind of intellect, just look. Because Satguru has given you eyes. Bhajan of Santi on page
1: 31 of the Bhajan book. Oh, Oh, aka ke ande de kajaratin satguru titiya ankiyani. Oh, aka lake ande de kajaratin satguru titiya ankiyani. Oh, aka ke ande अतुकुरु तितिया nade ka charan ten sat guru ditya aankhi aane o akal ke aane guru ditya aankhi kiya de na mare mare gaya akhiyan de kar tar tar gaya akhiyan de eh jaharat amrat ankhiyan vich rama cha kisne Oh, so I feel like I'm dead, 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 Ike anka modi nala tula diye. Ike anka kodi de mula diye. Ike anka modi nala tula diye. Ike anka de veri hajarane. Ike anka diya lakasakiane. O akla ke ande te tachara tenu sat guruditiyya ankhiyya O akla ke ande te tachara tenu sat guruditiyya ankhiyya teri aankh mein ay to rat ja dinai sat guru var dinai teri aankh mein ay to rat ja dinai sat guru var dinai hona bulakya sala fasiyane O Akalake Ande De Kajara De Nusat Guru Titiya Ankiane O Akalake Ande De Kajara De Nusat Guru Titiya Ankiane Epe Gaya Hora Hi Sabanu Pai vekana araja kita panu. Epekaya hora i sabanu. Pai vekan araja kita panu. Kate jata na di ankiane. O akala ke ande de jara tenu sat guru dithiya ankhiyane O akala ke ande de jara tenu guru dithiya ankhiyane Rabbi kara mana jiladura teri, makaruro, ankebe, nura teri. Rabbi kara mana jiladura teri, makaruro, ankebe, nura teri. Yado chalate edi ka bene a asa satu kurudiya rakia ne. O ande te kachara tenut satu kurudi tiya ne. O oh, Akala Ke Ande Te Kachara Tenusat Guru Ditya Ankhiyane Dasana dasa O Premisi Niramala Paravane saratene Dasana Dasa O Premisi Niramala Paravane Maradiya Sakiani O Akalake Ande Te Kajarate Satukuru Ditiya Anchiani O Akalake Ande Te Kajarate Nusatukuru Ditiya
0: Anchiani O blind of intellect, just look because Satguru has given you eyes. The next bhajan is on page 162. O oh benefactor, I sacrifice myself on those who repeat your nam. Those who repeat your nam, I sacrifice myself on them 100 times. O oh dear one, one has got this body in maya and has colored his clothes. But when my beloved doesn't like that colored cloth... Why waste this wealth, O oh, dear one? if you want to dye your body, dye it in the saffron color of Nam. If the Lord dyes you in this color, his color, such a color cannot be seen anywhere else. O oh, dear one, the beloved is with those who have dyed their garments in this way. Nanak prays for the dust of such souls. He himself creates, he himself dies. He himself appreciates. Nanak says, if he wills it, then the disciple is liked by the Lord. O benefactor, I sacrifice myself on those who repeat your Naam. Those who repeat your Naam, I sacrifice myself on them 100 times. Bhajan of Guru Arjan Dev.
2: On qurbani jau
0: mire
2: On qurbani jau On qurbani jau tina ke Lene jo tera nao Lene jo tera ke On sar qurbani jau on Gurbani Jhaon, NERBANA On Gurbani Jhaon O Jotera dar ko labani e tan maya paaya pyaare nitra la mere kaantan baave chora pyaare kyodan se e tan maya paya pyare litnalabrangaye mere kaantan bhav chora pyare yodan se je kyodan se jaye on good of body, John, let a on good of body, on good of body, John, Tinake, Lenny Jotera, now Gaya Rangana je tiye paaye nama majita. Rangana vale je rangi sahib, esa rangana dita. Gaya Rangana je tiye paaye nama majita rangan wale je rang saheb is sara ngana deta is sara ngana deta hon ko banane drown hon ko banane na ke lane jo tera na lane jo tera na din ke sarat pur bani Dura tina ke jemila ji kaunana kaki ardhasa. Chole jin ke rata de piare ke pasa. Dura tina ke jemila ji गाओ नानक की le na na le jo tera pe rang apee hiraavee ape saje Om Kura Bane Jau Mira Bana Om Kura Bane Leni Jotera Nau Leni Jotera Nau Tinakai Oh Sadakura
0: O benefactor, I sacrifice myself on those who repeat your Nam. Those who repeat your Nam, I sacrifice myself on them 100 times. Bhajan of Guru There are a couple of announcements. Uh, next Saturday, November 25th, there will be a one-day retreat in commemoration of Thanksgiving. And the December Sant Bani magazine is ready at the book table after Satsang today. You can get it. I'm going to ask our sister Sylvia, who has indicated that she would like to speak on her recent trip to India, to speak for a few minutes.
3: Well, surprise. (laughs) I felt quite a nudging last week to talk, but my personal preference is not to. (laughs) And so I didn't, but I kept getting nudged, so I thought maybe I would. (laughs) Um, I, um... had the most remarkable trip to India ever. The most love and grace that I've ever experienced. And it came after a year of long struggles Um, as you probably all know in my personal life. And the master said something about himself that more than ever was my experience of him. He said that the saints are a vast ocean hidden in a small pot. (laughs) And you know, they do overflow. (laughs) And if you're around, you sort of well. <laughs> it was very beautiful. Um, something that has become my experience over the last few years, and are the daily miracles that happen in our lives. And he said that we experience these according to the faith that we have in the Master. And so we're, we are the only ones blocking that flow and that incredible waterfall of grace by our own littleness. And in the underground room, he said, that he was a very fortunate one because he was able to obey the commandments of the Master and that it had been only through his grace that he'd been able to do it. And I feel that that very much applies to me when I heard that it was very... So I'm hedging around because I don't want to say what I have to say. (laughs) Um... I guess I really just wanted to speak a little bit on relationships because I learned a lot and I saw with His grace that well, I'll speak from my experience. I don't know if this is the reality for everyone, but relationships as a mirror for our own soul condition. And when we see them as a mirror there's no room for blame. That is somebody else's fault. Because what we see externally is the mirror of her own inner condition, our own inner soul pain and karmic condition. And what I saw was that, and not wanting to face that, I was only delaying that which I had to do, which was to face the pain of my own soul. And he asked me to walk through the fire and face that. And in doing that, At the other end of it, there is so much grace, I can't even describe it. And so I'm here just because I want to share that with the people that are having hard times in their marriages and in their relationships. And if you feel inclined to say it's too painful, forget it. It's just the postponement of that work which we have to do, which is not actually out there, but in here. It's our own pain, our own ego, our own anger, all of that. And... He said some very uh, amazing words to me during the interview. Uh, I'll share with you that uh, I left my interview this time for the very last day, the very last interview. (laughs) And it was very sweet that the Master, the night before my interview, when I was behind him, turned and said to Papu, and I don't know how bad I understood what he was talking about, but said, um, I want to see Sylvia tomorrow. <laughs> As though he wanted to make sure I got up there. <laughs> uh, because I was joking at the beginning of the trip that my interview was going to be Monday after the Sunday Satan. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, What he said was that, okay, here it goes. <laughs> he told me, he said, I know it is a very bitter cup of poison. And he looked at me with these incredible eyes. And he said, why don't you drink it? <laughs> I'm crying up because it's bitter. It's because there is so much love in that. There's so much love and grace in that. And he said, um, no matter where you go and no matter what you do, I'll always be with you. but why not finish paying your debts now so I can take you home? And I've I've never experienced the master, you know what it was, He, he became this incredible being, this powerful, incredible being became humble and helpless and small before me. And uh, he said something that I feel uh, very much from my heart that is for all the marriages here that maybe are not doing well. Um, He said, it is the fervent wish and prayer of this poor fakir that you will listen. (sighs) We don't have to listen and he'll go with us wherever we go if we don't listen. It's just that we're causing ourselves more suffering and pain and him as well. (sighs) And um, I just wish we'd listen. What's amazing about that cup of poison, and I've been able to live that for a short time, <laughs> a week now, <laughs> a week and a half. is that when there's a commitment to drink it, I mean, a real commitment, not just, all right, I'll do it, but I really don't want to, or whatever, <laughs> but this just really full commitment, even though it might hurt, <clears throat> that the poison becomes nectar. And I think is that test of, I've really felt it was that test. I felt very much in the middle, on a brink. You know, I could go either way. You know, that test where the master says, "I don't know if you remember this story, Russell." Was it Nana that asked Mardana to eat a dead body? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> eat a dead body, and he was, you know, slapping him around, and he had gone through many tests, and at the end, he asked him to eat a dead body, and. Martana was walking around the body and the guru got mad at him and said, why are, you, why, aren't you, why are you walking around it? Why aren't you doing what I told you? And he said, Just walking around trying to figure out which way to begin, which place to start. And as soon as he had that commitment that he was going to eat this dead body, the body turned into flowers. So as long as we keep hedging, you know, in that state of pain, not making that commitment to really go through the fire, that's where we are, and we're in a state of pain. As soon as somehow, through His grace, have the courage to break through that, then there's all that incredible beauty and nectar that that cup of poison becomes. And uh, I'll just tell you another one sweet story. That was basically all I wanted to say. Um, Three years ago, Joe and I went to India. And (laughs) we weren't getting along. (laughs) It was interesting. But what was happening was I just had an injury on my leg and I couldn't sit up straight. And I had to lean against the wall Um, because I couldn't sit up straight, and Joe was doing the taping. So I would sit on one side, and Joe would sit on the other side doing the taping, very symbolic (laughs) of what was going on between us. And at some point, we uh, reconciled and decided to sing a bhajan to the master. So I made the effort to sit up straight as long as I could next to Joe. And uh, we sang this bhajan. And the master turned on like a light bulb. It was amazing. There was all this merriment and joy. It was like he couldn't contain it. It was just spilling all over. <laughs> and he was laughing, and he'd look at us and laugh and giggle and just beam. And at the end, he, he said something to Papu and had Papu sing a bhajan. And he would laugh and look at us and, and nobody knew what was going on. <laughs> so at the end of the bhajan session I asked Papu what that was about and um, the bhajan was Dhanedane dana Satguru, which means hail, hail to the Satguru who has reunited the separated ones. <laughs> and <laughs> so that was really, really sweet and I felt Uh, See, I'm very stubborn, I don't know. I decided then it was worth it, you know, (laughs) to do this. But then, you know, my stubbornness got the better of me. Um, And this year, um, after the interview, I felt, some. I know he knows where I'm at and what's happened to my soul and how he's totally done this miracle with me. But I wanted to tell him because there, there was a little thing you know that he, he had Papu uh, he asked Papu how I was doing after the interview and I thought that was very sweet and Papu said well I don't know <laughs> you know better than I do <laughs> but just that human side of concern because he knew that what I had come to him with was it was big it was like you know, I was either going to make it to the next stage or I was going to drop off for a while or whatever. Um, so he had asked. And so in me was this desire to share with him, in my human way, that what I had come to, what I had understood. But there was no time. This was Friday, and then the interviews were over. And So Saturday, I think in the session when they were passing out Prashad, I sang to him, Dani, Dani Guru. <laughs> and he just went, and poof! <laughs> In this incredible light. Not quite as impressive as the first time, though. No. <laughs> Maybe Joe needs to be there for that to happen. <laughs> uh, and he just laughed and interrupted me at one point and said, make sure you bring some out to Joe. <laughs> and Papu hadn't remembered. Nobody remembered. It was like this little secret that we had. Um, And he... um, He accepted my apology. And, you know, I think that the greater the stubbornness and the pain we make it through, the greater the grace and the joy and the nectar. I believe that was my experience, I've, I've never experienced my will in such a stubborn way as I did this time, and in letting it go, well, I can't even describe it to you. Um, So, <laughs> for those of you who are sorely <laughs> struggling with this, <laughs> I hope this will be of some benefit. That's it.
0: Sylvia from the bottom of my heart, I thank you for sharing that with us. You should all know that um, the nudging that she mentioned was, maybe everyone did know, was not from me or any other external source, but it came from within. And I am extremely grateful to the Master. I, I had prepared um, a lot of stuff today, Right? Um, much of it, by the way, about marriage. And uh, I, a lot of it maybe has all been covered. I will, uh, I will um, I'll read a little bit and maybe we can read the rest of the stuff next time, depending, I'm not sure. I wanted to read this letter, which was written by Sanchi. Uh, and published in streams in the desert actually on page 106 parts of which i read um, when i do um, marriage ceremonies right when i officiate at them i usually incorporate sections of this letter into the service because it covers the ground better than almost anything else it's not very long and the, the way I got this letter in the first place was that the people, the person to whom it was written, sent it to me. And I published it in Sampani many years ago, and uh, eliminating all the names, of course. And then later, uh, I included it in Streams in the Desert at the end of a discourse on man and woman. So, my Satguru Kapal's beloved, dear so-and-so, I have received three letters from your husband and feel very sorry for him. In this letter, I would like to tell you some things which might help him and you in your present sorrowful condition. We are all beloved Hazur Kripal's children. He has united the separated dear ones. Now his children should not go away from their fellow companions. If they have some misunderstanding, or if one of them does any mistake, the other should always keep a big heart and forgive him. Now your husband is confessing his guilt and is asking for forgiveness, so you should give the proof of your big heart by forgiving him. I hope to visit your place in July. I wish to see both of you in loving relation. I want to see you sitting together with love. Married life is a vehicle which is running on the two wheels of love and respect. The two wheels are fixed in the axle of duty. Husband and wife both are two companions who give the power to run the vehicle. If both the companions agree with each other, And lead the vehicle well they can reach their goal easily if both of them go in different directions the vehicle cannot run even for a yard the root of a good household is love and humility is the flower which grows on the plant of that household without a flower a tree does not bear any fruit and the tree without fruit is useless only the fruit is happiness Otherwise, all other things are thorns, pain-giving. The tree which bears much fruit bends down. If it doesn't bend or lower itself, it breaks its branch. The same thing applies to household life. Both husband and wife should be cool-hearted and patient. Unless one has patience, he cannot achieve happiness." Peace is a cool iron, which cuts the hot iron of anger. So an atmosphere of peace and love should be created in the home for a successful marriage. My dear, I hope in our dear father's love, you will think over this letter and will try to put it into practice. Our beloved father is not happy when we are unhappy. He is happy in our happiness. He is our real father. In beloved Kripal's love, much, much love to you. Yours affectionately, Ajay Singh. <coughs> now, I wanted to to pick up on several points in the letter which are might be overlooked or forgotten about. The reason that I read this when when I officiate at wedding ceremonies is that it seems to me of all the things I've read in all the literature by any master, it seems to cover the ground of what is needed in a day-to-day married life more than any other. And I'll, I usually conclude this part of the ceremony by quoting Blake, mutual forgiveness... Of each vice such are the gates of paradise which also seems to cover the ground I want to um, well I guess I will begin as I was planning to and we'll see how much time we have in the first paragraph of the letter where master says If they have some misunderstanding or if one of them does any mistake, the other should always keep a big heart and forgive him. Now your husband is confessing his guilt and is asking for forgiveness, so you should give the proof of your big heart by forgiving him. This section does imply, and this applies to many things more than marriage too, although it definitely applies to marriage, as the context makes clear, but it can apply to many areas of life in our dealings with plenty of people other than our husband or wife, that before forgiveness can be given, there has to be a confession of guilt. And there's a reason for that. This is an important part of the teachings of the Master. We can forgive in a way without a confession of guilt. But it's very difficult to forgive in the ultimate way, in the way which is meaningful. I'll read something from Master Kripal's book on prayer, which which is a comment on this.
4: Hmm?
0: In the section called... Purification, Uh, page 23 of the book, he is talking about the essentials of prayer. And he says very clearly, purity of body, mind, and soul is the most important factor in winning the love of the Lord. It may be considered in three different stages, repentance, forgiveness, and abstention. Repentance, nothing under heaven is perfect and each one of us has his own weaknesses. Sin has come to man as a heritage from Adam. Mind in man is the agent of the negative power and it misses no opportunity to tempt man against God. In daily life, we slip at every step. Our best resolves turn into airy nothings when temptations assail us. Unaided, we cannot possibly escape from the cunning wiles, subtle snares, and wild clutches of Kao, or the Lord of Time, that is, the mind. It is only the saving arm of the Master that can protect us and rid us of its terrible onslaughts. But every time that we fall a prey to temptations, we must realize our weakness and sincerely repent for what we have done. B. Forgiveness. Repentance, though good in itself, cannot alter the past. Each act of omission or commission leaves its indelible impress upon the mind and singles us out for its reaction or fruit. In this way, countless karmic impressions go on accumulating day in and day out, making additions to our sanchit karmas, a vast storehouse of unfructified actions. Nobody can escape from this tremendous load which has a far-reaching effect, extending sometimes to hundreds of lives and over. Is there no remedy, then, to burn away the powder magazine before it blows us up? The saints tell us that there is a way and a sure one indeed. Prayer for forgiveness is a positive weapon in the hands of a sinner. There is hope for everybody, including the sinners. Saints come into the world to save the sinners and the lost. An association with a master soul goes a long way in liquidating the karmic account. While he forgives in his saving grace our daily lapses, he at the same time enjoins abstention from repetition of the same. So far and no further is their admonition. Go and sin no more was the usual advice with Christ and Master Sawan Singh too who used to advise his disciples to make a halt wherever they were and to sin no more. The past actions can be washed off provided we refrain from sowing any more of the dragon's teeth. See, Abstention. While repentance and forgiveness help us in escaping the effect of kriyaman, or day-to-day acts, we have yet to guard against future repetitions. No purificatory process can help us through unless we put a stop to the incessant round of the karmic wheel, which gains momentum from our every act. At times, a magistrate may award a lesser penalty for a crime, but that may not ennoble the criminal. In the dispensation of the master, there is always the stern admonition, which is so necessary an element in keeping a person on his guard. He has to wash a sinner clean so as to fit him for his journey homeward. Like a master sculptor, he has to chisel hard to bring shape and form out of a formless piece of stone. In brief, it is necessary that we must first of all mold our life according to the instructions of the Master and feel a genuine delight in thinking of Him. Secondly, we must understand His will and pray for those things that are to His liking. And thirdly, we must learn to accept smilingly His decrees, whatever they be. Last but not least, love is the soil On which life thrives the most lover gives and never takes favors if one tries to live a godly life all God's favors automatically flow down to him one who loves God need not ask for any favor it is enough for us to dedicate our very life to him and become his bound slaves it is up to him to treat us as he wishes to live in his holy presence is its own reward, and there can be no reward greater and richer than this. But the important thing here, it's all important, but the what Master is saying, if we think about it, three stages are necessary. Repentance is the first, forgiveness comes after repentance. And then abstention is the fruit of the combination of repentance and forgiveness. In other words, if the forgiveness implies, as Master says here, go and sin no more, it is impossible to not sin anymore unless we have come to grips and faced what we have been doing. Because if we deny that we have been sinning, if we do not recognize that we have hurt others, including, as the case may be, our partner, if we will not see that, then we are condemned to do it again. And go and sin no more becomes empty words because there's nothing there for it to connect to. So that is why the forgiveness in the ultimate healing sense doesn't work without repentance. Master Kripal used to say in a different context about helping others in general that it's good to share what we have with others. If someone is needy, the best thing we can do for them is to help them stand on their own feet. It is not doing people any favor, in other words, to continually give things to them if there is any possibility of their being able to do things for themselves by denying them that privilege okay, of standing on their own feet. We're not really helping them. This doesn't mean, obviously, in cases of short-term need and like that. And there are people who can't stand on their own feet, too. But it implies that if, the, if they can, then the biggest help that we can do for them is to help them do that. It's something like that here. We are not doing people favors if we forgive them, if we think we have forgiven them in the ultimate sense without any repentance having taken place. The two are locked in together. There is a way to forgive without repentance, but it consists in leaving the matter open, not writing off the person, not ceasing to care, which is the way the Master's take care of it. I want to read a famous story from Sanchi which bears this out. Hmm? Ah, Ah. Bookmark is on a different... I forgot. Yeah. Okay. This is a well-known story and Master Sanchi has told it in many places and I've heard him tell it uh, at satsang and also he's... It's included in three places in his writings. I'm reading from the book, The Two Ways, page 150. Once there was a master who went to one place for doing satsang. The next morning, when he was leaving, one greedy man accompanied him. The people in whose house the master had stayed the night made three stuffed tapatis for his journey. There came one point when the Mahatma had to go to attend the call of nature. So he told the dear one, Dear one, you sit here and take care of my things and I'll be back in a few minutes. So this man, because he was greedy, thought, Let me search through the bags of this Mahatma. Because he had heard that the Mahatmas always have a lot of wealth, and he thought of getting some wealth from the Mahatma. So he searched through the bags, but he could not find anything except those three stuffed chapatis and he was very hungry and moreover he was greedy so without asking the permission of the Mahatma he ate one of those three stuffed chapatis when the Mahatma came back he said okay now let's eat the chapatis which the dear ones have made for us when the Mahatma opened the bag he was surprised to find only two stuffed chapatis there because he was told that there were three and he was wondering where the third one had gone So he asked that dear one, tell me, where has the third stuffed chapati gone? And he replied, Master, I don't know. I think they gave you only two. I don't have any knowledge of that third chapati. Master kept quiet and he said, it's okay. You eat one and I will eat the other one. After eating those chapatis, they started walking again and they came to a river which they had to cross. Mahatma was very confident because he had faith in God and he knew that he would not be drowned. But that dear one was very afraid. Even though he was accompanied by a perfect master, still he was afraid. When he went into the river with the master, he felt as if he was going to drown. So he told the master, Master, I'm afraid that I'm going to be drowned. Do something for me. I feel like I'm going to die here. So master said, God has created us and he will protect us. So you should remember him and request and pray to him so that he may save you. So when that greedy man did the remembrance of God and prayed to him, then he was saved. And both the master and the greedy one crossed the river without any problem. When they had crossed the river, the Mahatma thought that now this dear one would speak the truth because God had showered so much grace on him. So he said, Dear one, you know that God created you and he showered a lot of grace on you. He saved you from this water. Now you should swear by the same God and tell me who ate that third Japati. And he said, Master, truly, I don't know anything about it. If I had known about it, I would definitely have told you. Master was very patient and he kept quiet. He said, Okay. He knew that sooner or later he would come around and speak the truth, so he did not become impatient. Again, both of them started walking and they came to one forest which was on fire. Master was confident and he was not afraid to go through that fire. But the greedy man was afraid, and when they came near the fire, the greedy man felt that the fire would burn him up. So he said, Master, the fire is coming. We're caught in it. There's no way out. What should we do? The master said, God, who has created you and saved you from the water, now, if you will again remember him and pray to him, he will definitely save you. I have full faith in God, so you do that. So that dear one again remembered God and prayed to him, and he was saved from the fire also. When they were saved from the fire, Master thought, again God has showered a lot of grace on him, and now he should realize his mistake and tell the truth. He should admit that he has eaten the third chapati. So he said, Dear one, you should remember how gracious God is on you. He has been doing so many things for you. He has saved you from the water and now from the fire. And understanding the same God who has created you and saved you in both places feeling his presence, you should swear by him and tell me about that missing third chapati. So that dear one said, no, master, I don't know anything about it. I don't know who ate the chapati. I never ate that. So master was still very patient and he said, it's okay. Again, they started walking and they came to a dense forest where there were many wild animals. Two tigers were coming towards them. Masters, because they have full faith in God and they know that everything is in the will of God, are never afraid of any circumstances. So Master was not afraid, but that greedy man was. So he said, Master, you see those tigers, they're coming toward us, they'll kill us and eat us. What should be done? So Master said, you should remember God because God has saved you many times and he has done a lot for you. If you will remember him, he will definitely save you. You should have faith in him. You should be confident. So according to the instructions of the master when he did that, when he remembered God and prayed to him to save him from the tigers, after some time the tigers were not there. They had gone in some other direction. Now, master thought, it has been three times that this man has been saved by the grace of God. Now he should realize that God is working everywhere. God knows everything. Now he should not lie anymore. He should tell me the truth. Master wanted him to speak the truth so that he might get the benefit of his company with the Master. Whenever Masters come in the world, sometimes by telling us stories, sometimes by telling us directly, they always try to make us truthful. That is why they do all these things. So the Master told him, Look here, dear one. Up till now you should realize how gracious God has been on you. He saved you from the tigers. He didn't let you drown in the water. He saved you from the fire. He gave you many things. So you should swear by God and tell me about that missing chapati. So he said, Master, truly, if I had known about the chapati, I would have told you in the beginning. Why should I keep telling lies? Master said, okay. He knew that he would come around. So he did one more thing. He said, okay, dear one, it's been a long time that you have been with me and I would like to give you something. What would you like to have?" He said, Master, you know that I'm very poor and I would like to have some money, some gold. So he said, okay, you collect some pebbles, some stones, and I will turn them into gold. So when he collected some stones, Master turned those stones into gold. He made three piles of it, and he said, God has showered grace on us, and he has given so much wealth. I will take one of these piles. One pile is for you, And the third pile is for him who has eaten that chapati. So now you tell me the truth. So that greedy man at once said, Yes, Master, this is the truth. I ate that chapati. Masters know our weakness. That is why they always do things so that we may understand that God is truth. God is present everywhere and Masters know everything. And moreover, Master knows that only the pure mind, the truthful mind, can do the meditation of Nam. That is why they always try their best to make us truthful. And notice that in the... the master forgave the man on one level, as Master Kripal said, the magistrate may give a lesser sentence for a crime but that may not ennoble the criminal. There are ways and ways to forgive. Forgiveness on one level takes place simply because the master was determined to take him up. But in order to give him, in order for that man to have the full benefit of the company of the master, in order for him to have what was his heritage and birthright to have, he had to confess even such a little thing as that he had to face up to it and tell the master, yes, I did do it. And master was willing to do anything, including give him an extra pile of gold. He did not care about that, but it was of the absolute importance that that person face up to what he had done and confess it, even something as minor, as tiny, as taking that third stuffed chapati. It had to be done in order for real forgiveness to occur. And this can be confusing with us okay, in our daily life, dealing with other people, including our partners. But we must realize we cannot expect another person to really forgive us in a meaningful way. And we certainly cannot expect Master to forgive us in the way that will benefit us until we have admitted what we have done, until we see for ourselves what harm we have done to others or are doing to others, including our husband, their wife, our children, etc. When we see that and admit it in our hearts, to the Master, to other people if necessary, then the forgiveness that happens then will take us up. Hmm? Real growth can occur. But until that, it cannot really help us, except that it leaves it open. The master didn't close the book on that guy. He didn't say, what's the use of this guy, greedy guy, lies to the master. He won't even tell the truth about a dinky little chapati. Why should I bother about him? No, the master cared about him. He didn't close the book on him. He loved him, but he would not really forgive him until he had confessed, partly because The fact is that in the terms of what Master Kripal had written, that abstention, not repeating the sin, is not possible until we see what it is we are doing wrong. Therefore, to expect other people to forgive us when they are still at risk from us, when for all they know we'll do it again, is asking too much. No one can forgive us. In that kind of position. And we have to face the cup of poison, okay? Because to to admit things like that about ourselves is like that. It's very hard. But within marriage is the arena in which these things are worked out at white-hot intensity, okay? Because we have no secrets, no real secrets from our husband or wife. It's not possible. In play the skin of our teeth we will be doing at least part of for Christmas program and one of the acts of that play um, the husband no mentions that his wife knows every foolish thing that he has ever done Hmm? so it's hard for him to keep on living with her because she knows too much about him there's an element of that too Hmm? but still We have to face up to that. Again, I want to read the the famous parable, the most, to my mind, the most relevant parable in the New Testament on forgiveness, which in some ways is very radical. This is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 16. He also, Jesus, also said to his disciples, there was a rich man and he had a steward who was denounced to him for being wasteful with his property. He called for the man and said, "'What is this I hear about you? "'Draw me up an account of your stewardship "'because you are not to be my steward any longer.' "'Then the steward said to himself, "'Now that my master is taking the stewardship from me, "'what am I to do? Dig? I'm not strong enough. "'Go begging? I should be too ashamed. "'Ah, I know what I'll do "'to make sure that when I am dismissed from office "'there will be some to welcome me into their homes.' Then he called his master's debtors one by one. To the first he said, How much do you owe my master? One hundred measures of oil, he said. The steward said, Here, take your bond. Sit down and quickly write fifty. To another he said, And you, sir, how much do you owe? One hundred measures of wheat, he said. The steward said, Here, take your bond and write eighty. The master praised the dishonest steward for his astuteness. This is a parable of forgiveness. We have considered it a number of times in satsang before because it has always struck me as a very extremely important parable. What is going on here? The steward is helping the master's work by forgiving. Okay, It's a parable of forgiveness. But first of all, he cannot forgive until they tell him what they owe. How much do you owe? 100 measures of oil. Okay, write 50. It's like we have the capacity by forgiving each other we can work with the master in forgiving each other but not if we don't level with each other as to what we owe. If somebody says to me I haven't done anything wrong okay, then I don't forgive you. you know, it's, it is up to us to present that to each other. We have to do that. If we don't do that, forgiveness in the real sense is not possible. The only the master will never stop caring, and from that point of view he forgives us when we do it. But it is um, not really possible otherwise. Similarly in the famous story of the woman taken in adultery in the Gospel of John, which Master Krapal refers to in the section we read, go and sin no more. Hmm? There was some assurance that she wouldn't sin no more because she never denied that she had been an adulteress. It is we cannot abstain from what we are doing unless we recognize that we are doing it. We just can't. Now the only other thing that I would mention today is in the second, the last part of the letter the whole emphasis on mutuality, on love and respect. This is a pattern that I have observed in many marriages. Okay? That one partner could be either one, right? as a real need. The other partner, in a world of his or her own, does not hear what that need is. He or she has their own program. Okay? Time goes on. The need is not met with. Suddenly, one partner wants to leave. Okay? The other partner, suddenly invoking the master's teachings, says, but the master says we shouldn't divorce, and uses that like a club. Okay? You can't divorce me because the master says not to divorce. And then is astounded when it doesn't work. You know, The other partner is not interested anymore. There, nothing in the path can be forced. And the point about marriage is that husband and wife should both work at helping the other person, as well as themselves, to want to do what is right. Ultimately, the Master teaches that we shouldn't divorce, that's true. He also teaches that we should love and respect each other. If we go years and years where that love and respect is absent to then suddenly say, "Well, the master says not to do this," and expect it to work is ridiculous, and yet I've seen this happen over and over and over again. Hmm? We cannot force the other one to do what we think the master wants them to do okay? we if if it's really if the master really wants them to do it then and it's up to, and we're the ones through which he is working, then we have to work through making them want to do it. There's a story that Master Kripal told about the Buddha. A, a hunter shot a bird with an arrow, and it came to the Buddha to, for protection. It flew to him. He held it in his arms, and the hunter came up and said, give me that bird. It's mine. And the Buddha said, no, it's mine. If it was yours, it would have gone to you. Hmm? That's the point. If in order for our partner to be ours, they have to want to be ours. We cannot hold clubs over them and say, Master says this, you got to do it. Master says that, you got to do it. You, always you, never me. No, I don't have to do anything. So we really have to watch this because you see, otherwise, the suffering is enormous. Hmm? And there are times when it is too late. It is too late to to do things. People go too far apart. There's always a loss. And not everyone is willing to drink that cup of poison and to find out that it is nectar. Hmm? Because once it has to touch the lips and the tongue before it's clear that it's nectar. That's an enormous leap. Well, there are many other things it can be said on the subject but i want to play part of the tape this is the beginning of the 5th of the bai gurdas tapes recorded in india last um,
5: february ha bhai mai roj planu sai gurdas ji sunona hai kyon na kis par paav ke likhi usne kanuna da eh paav nahi that is not that we should have to do this, that we है have Guru is the only Every day I have been commenting on
4: the written by, by, by And as I have said earlier, Bhai did not write this war. Because he was criticizing anyone, he did not criticize anyone, and he did not have any ill feelings towards anyone. In the same way, we should also not have that kind of feelings. We should also not think that certain person has so many faults and things like that. Because it is the work of the master. Only the master knows that how he has to make make his disciple pay off his karmas, and uh, along with making him pay off his karmas, how he has to purify him and how he has to take him back. संत
5: महात्मा सिर्फ सानु कमाई वाले थ्योरी ही नहीं समझाउंगे उस वक्त शब्द रूप होके नाम रूप होके बीवी डोरी उस जगह बंदे जो के आत्मा आई है वो अंदर बड़ा अच्छा अरेंजमेंट कर देंगे हैं जी दे नार तस्वी आपने कर्मादा पुकतान उस आनी नहीं कर सकते हैं ये उस गुरु नू पता है के साढ़े फायदा दुख है, 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 विच है यहाँ सुख विच है यहाँ केस्टी विच है अति मुंह विच बुरकी पहुँचे हैं सानू नहीं पता क्यों गई के दर सानू कर्म वैरे को ज्ञान नहीं हमदागा ये सुख केरे कर्म करके मिलता है ये दुख केरे कर्म करके मिलता है बाबा जयमल सिंह मारा सावनु कहीं देसी के के देख O bandyanuhi, Paramatma, Shabd, Guru, Dukh, Sukh, hai.
4: E pata Hai. Saints and Mahathmas, <clears throat> the perfect masters, not only explain the theory to us, but when they give us the nama initiation, they connect our soul at that place, Sachkan, from where our soul had come in this world. And at the time of the initiations, they sit within us in the form of the Shabbat. And only they know that how they have to make us pay off our karmas and that is why they give us the things accordingly. Only they know what is good for us and what is not good for us. We do not have any idea about the karmas and we do not know that because of what good karma we are having this comfort and because of what bad karmas we are suffering. Only the masters know and master is the only one who knows that what is best for us. That is why he gives us the things according to our karmas we are so ignorant of the karmas that we do not know anything about it it is like when we put some food in our mouth we do not know that in what side of the body it has gone in the same way how can we know anything about the karmas? only the master knows about our karmas, and only he knows that how we can best pay them off and uh, that is why masters always tell us that god almighty does not give pains or happiness to anyone we get the pains and happiness according to our own karmas. Baba Jamal Singh had once told Baba Sawan Singh that, "Look here dear one, God Almighty always gives us pains and happiness only through the human beings he does not He does not give pain and happiness to us because he wants it he the pains and happiness come to us through the people only because of our past karmas with them <laughs>
5: अपनी San Purloki Dara de Sanu Daga Sanu Jai Daga, He also used
4: to say that if God Almighty becomes gracious on us and if In His pleasure, He gives us the kingdom of the three worlds. We should not puff up. We should not puff up in the pride and the ego. And if the same God Almighty withdraws His grace and He retakes the kingdom of the three worlds from us, we should not get upset and we should not find faults in Him. Because when it came in His will, in His pleasure, He gave us that gift. And when He wanted to withdraw it, He took it back because it belonged to Him. It was His thing and He was free to do anything with it.
5: गुरुरामदास केंद्र है लोग सलाह है तब तेरी युक्ति माँ निंद्यता छोड़ना जाइंग पहन लगे के अगर सादी कोई विधाई करता है ये अच्छा है महात्मा जो अच्छा सब संगी है जिधर से आने कुमारी वाले हंदे हैं तो गुरु दी विधाई करते कि मेरे भी सिर्फ अगर कोई चिंगाई है तो वो गुरुई ही है केंद्र ज that He has lost his strength That Guru he's theunteer He tells mom of the only one who has his mercy who he K should marry He doesn't have they But for that also is his patience The Ru should have você He 네 That if He has still been done Good so, Sanu, Guru dha, hi man ke, da
4: Ramdas Jimara says that if people praise me, it is your glory, and if they criticize me, I will not leave you. He says that if people praise me, and if people praise you, saying that you are a great Mahatma or a saint, and you are doing a very good satsang, you have a good influence on, on the people. At that time you should not think that you are doing it. You should always think that it is the glory of the master. Because in fact we do not have any good quality in ourselves. The only good quality we have is that we belong to our master and the master is within us. Other than that we do not have any good quality. And in the same way if people criticize you, if they say that you are a sinner and you have all these bad qualities and faults, you should not leave your master, you should not find faults in the master. We should always remain in the will of Lord, because if God Almighty wants, He makes people praise you, and if He wants, He makes people criticize you. We should always remain in the will of Lord, and whatever comes in His will, we should always accept it.
0: Our final bhajan is on page... (coughs) 191. (coughs) Oh, this fortunate moment. After coming, my Satguru made me meet him. I have no good qualities in me. I am the sinner, murderer, suffering the pains of separation from my beloved. I was searching for him in jungles. I, the forgotten one of many births, have come to your door. Oh, my beloved, without you I have suffered many pains of this world. Everywhere I kept taking birth and dying. Finally I have fallen at your door. Now, O oh giver, do not separate this honorless soul who has come to your door. No support is left. I have sought only your support. I am tired of searching. How may I find my beloved? Folding my hands I request, help me everywhere. O oh, beloved Kripal, meet me and count my life in your devotion. Forgive my faults, I have come to your refuge. The Jaib requests, I have come as your slave. Oh, this fortunate moment, after coming, my Satguru made me meet him. Bhajan of Sanchi
6: Ji Ajati Sulak Nikati Mere Sat Guru Anna Melai Ji ji a jati ak nikati mere sat guruvandh nalai ji a jati su mere sat Up a melana de mari, Merevicha guna koina meca hapana hakea jangalacha i dunati, up a melana de mari, jiburiho e dar tere tere mere saath guruaa naam laayi mere saath guruaa Thetho binasai meria jale, duniya te duka me ba tere. Jam akara, anke di gitar re Thetho binasai meria jale, duniya te duka me ba Jamdi di mar harata akara An ke di re tere Jihuna na vichord a tere Dar ten mani jinda hi Ji mere Sataguru Gurwana Me Ji Aja Di Mere Sat Me Asra Na Rahe Khoi Di Ikotakya Sahara tera تاکہ گے میں بلا بلکے کیوے لب جے پیارا میرا آسرا نہ رہے Mehatabana khat bana benati menu ji a jaati sulak ni kadi mere ji jati mere sat guru aan naam lai milo kirpal pyare ala bole ke vich meri maaf bulana meri amne aye milo kirpal pyare